Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's your boy. Jason McIntyre, straight fire for Friday, June 18th. If you're listening to this early on Friday morning, you can tune into the Dan Patrick Show and check me out with Doug Gottlieb, probably sparring over something or other. Um, If you're listening late, you missed it. Too damn bad. I want to start the podcast here. We're not going to do too much on Game 6. Bucks beat the Nets handily. I told y'all, after Game 5, I like the Bucks to bounce back. And they did so... Pretty handily. You got to give it up to Mr. Chris Middleton. Much maligned Middleton, we could just call him as a nickname, dropped 38 points. Probably his best career playoff performance ever. And Giannis did not attempt a three-pointer. Well done, Giannis. Way to go. Not not taking uh, threes. And um, the Bucks win handily. Everybody wants to quickly spin it to Game 7. I'm just going to point out two things quickly from Game 6. Number one, Kevin Durant was clearly gassed, okay? In game five, his 49-point game, he attempted 16 free throws. In game six, he attempted two. Now, that's not Budenholzer's defense. That's not really P.J. Tucker. That's Kevin Durant settling for the mid-range instead of attacking. Kevin Durant did play well, 15 of 30, 32 points, but 
He only dished out three assists, not even close to the triple-double. So when you're looking to do less on the move, less passing and creating, less attacking the basket and getting free throws, yeah, you're not going to be as efficient. And folks, I don't care what anybody says. The Bucks are going to be seriously live underdogs or maybe favorites. We haven't seen a line yet in Game 7. And I told you guys Bucks can still win this series. I did tell a buddy this over text message late Thursday. I said, the Bucks have the worst coach here. Budenholzer's bad. We don't really know if Steve Nash is a bad coach. Um, you know, it's, he, it's early. He's had stars. We do know Budenholzer has struggled in every big postseason spot in his life. Okay? Dating back before the Bucks. Okay? And we know that the Bucks have the worst superstar. No disrespect to Giannis, but he ain't Kevin Durant. And the Nets are at home. So, like, everything lines up for the Nets. But I'm telling you guys, and again, I'm not giving out a pick this early. We got to check the Harden status. I'm almost certain Kyrie's done for the series. James Harden, by the way, played better 40 minutes. Um, 16 points, 7 assists. Actually made some shots, which was nice. He wasn't a traffic cone like he was in Game 5. And I'm leaning toward the Bucks. You'll just have to keep it locked, uh, you know, on my Instagram feed or whatever for, for the official pick. But I'm looking at the Bucks. I do want to mention right now that we have a tremendous guest coming up, Tom Haberstroh, former ESPN guy, former Bleacher Report guy. He was at NBC Sports. He's now with Dan Lebitard's outfit. Um, really intelligent NBA analytically driven mind. And we totally agree on one superstar player. We very much disagree on another young superstar player. You'll have to stick around for that. But before we get to Tom Haberstroh and the interview, I I, I don't know, guys. I, I, I feel bad that I've been pumping up Luka Doncic ad nauseum down your throats for the last month. Probably excessive. But it is undeniable that there is a massive situation in Dallas swirling around Luka Doncic. They fired the GM two days ago, and yesterday... The head coach, Rick Carlin, who won a title taking down LeBron and the Heatles when Carlisle was coaching the Mavs about a decade ago, decided him and Mark Cuban didn't see eye to eye, and he said, I'm out. Peace. And you can't tell me that things are going well for Mark Cuban when your GM is canned, possibly because he leaked that Luca story to The Athletic. Your coach says, I'm out. Then he doesn't thank Luka Doncic in his little, like, what do they call that? iPad, uh, iPhone notes, uh, or, uh, goodbye? Is that what that is? Uh, I mean, like, basically he wrote, like, a little note, and, and Wojnarowski put it out. Did not thank Luka. Thanked, you know, Jason Kidd, who he did win the title with in Dallas way back when. Um, Dirk and, and several others. No mention of Luka. And then it came out from a gentleman named Tim McMahon that... There were simmering tensions between Luca and Carlisle that was a concern in the organization. Now, it is odd. And Rob, I'm just going to say, I always find it very odd that anytime someone's fired or booted out of the front office or they step aside or parting of ways, all of a sudden we have all this, oh, there was turmoil. They did not like each other. Simmering tension. Like, Where's the reporting on that as it's happening? Because I think it's safe to say that as soon as there is a unconscious uncoupling, which is what Gwyneth Paltrow referred to as a divorce, um, you know, one side starts spilling to the media to to like win the spin cycle so they can land. 
Carlisle's going to land somewhere. Does he land in Milwaukee? If Budenholzer gets fired if he doesn't win Game 7? Maybe. Does he land in Portland? Where Damian Lillard will have to sign off on it? Does he go to a, a bottom dweller? And say, you know what? I just want to start from the bottom. I, I personally don't see that. Um, I will check in. I know someone who knows Carlisle well. Um, and someone put me in touch with the Dennis Smith Carlisle beef. I think I broke that on Twitter. And so many Dennis Smith fans, I don't know, this was like three years ago, were killing me. Oh, there's no issues between Dennis Smith and Carla. None. I mean, at practice, they were beefing. Dennis Smith doesn't want to listen, doesn't want to run the offense. He just wants to showboat and dunk and ball hog. And Carlisle and him butted heads from like the first month they were together. Dennis Smith was like a lottery pick out of, I think, NC State. I, I think I tweeted that out around like Thanksgiving. And I th- I'm almost certain within six months, Dennis Smith was gone. And they traded him, I think, to New York. And, you know, sometimes you could just see it early that coaches and stars don't click. I personally can't say I saw anything with Luca and Carlisle. Um, I think Carlisle's a really good coach. I think Luca's a really good player. And I think if they don't face the Clippers in the first round these last two years, they win a round or more, despite having an inferior roster. I, I, I you know, and I'm not going to go in on this Harlebob guy who clearly has Cuban's ear. Really curious to see who's coming in there to be GM and coach. Rob, I'm going to say this. Be careful thinking this is an attractive job. You're going into a young-ish new money owner in Mark Cuban who's very impetuous. You're going into his analytics guy who is allegedly shadow GM who's a former gambler. You've got a undeniably top five player in the league. Scattershot roster. Nobody seems to like Porzingis. We'll see what happens with Hardaway. Played out of his mind against the Clippers. Can he duplicate that? Probably not. This is a tough job because you are going to be the coach kind of in name only, right? I don't think you're coming in and going to be calling the shots with Cuban, the gambler, and Luka Doncic on board. Essentially, they're looking for a, um, and this is not to denigrate Damon Jones' guy, Ty Lue, but they're looking for a Ty Lue. When LeBron was sick of David Blatt and they got rid of David Blatt, they bring on LeBron's guy, Ty Lue, who... Again, did he have the coaching chops? Uh, probably not. He was a young guy. Only been out of the league several years. Um, I don't think he had any head coaching experience. And he was kind of a go-between. He was a perfect liaison between LeBron and the front office and the rest of the team. And, like, it worked well until, of course, him and Kyrie got into beef. And, you know, Kyrie allegedly threw the ball at practice and said, don't ask me to run the offense it's LeBron's team. You do it. Or something along those lines. Uh, I, I believe Windhorse had that story, but it was very memorable because uh, you knew from that moment Kyrie was one of those guys. So I don't know, Rob. I personally don't know that I would be clamoring to get the Dallas Mavericks coaching job. I'm being serious here. There are some that you got to be careful what you wish for. That's wild considering that you've been uh, ball washing Luka Doncic for about a month and a half now, you know, since the playoffs started. So that's interesting to hear that come from your opinion um let me just say this you and i have been very pro player empowerment pro taking your career into your own hands pro having the player flex his muscles to ensure that the front office is doing right by that star player this is going to be the case study to see whether or not you and i had the right opinion because 
uh, Tim McMahon, who not only did he tweet out that there was simmering tension, which you mentioned, he was on uh, Zach Lowe's podcast. Zach Lowe's a great NBA reporter. We both listen to his pod regularly. And a few of the highlights that he mentioned in that uh, podcast, this was even before the Carlisle firing had, be- had become official. This was, I think, like two or three hours before that. Some of the uh, money quotes. At one point during timeout of a close game, who's in charge, you or Bob? Yelled that at Rick Carlisle. <laughs> Early on in the pod, quote, there was built up resentment on Luca's end from the way Rick treated people. Later on, Mark Cuban makes all the basketball decisions. So with the way this is all shook out in the last, what is it, 72 hours with the front office shakeup, now the coach being gone, all signs point to we are doing everything in our power to keep Luka Doncic happy. We are installing an offense that caters to him where he has the ball more than almost, I think, anybody in the NBA. We're getting rid of the coach who he used to butt heads with. We are getting rid of the uh, general manager who had an idea of how to build a roster that wasn't Luka-centric. And now we're going to see very, very quickly if empowering your superstar is the right way to go. Well, I mean, I don't think there's any disagreement. You have to build around your guy and make him happy so he stays. We saw that with LeBron in Cleveland when he was a young guy. We saw that with Kevin Durant in OKC. Uh, You know, uh, trading James Harden has to go down as one of the worst player personnel moves of the the century. I'm I'm not even, I mean, after you get to the finals, unloading Harden, I I, I don't know how that guy still has a job, but they love him, whatever. Um, You got to keep him happy. Now, Carlisle is interesting because he is one of these old school dudes, right? Um... I think he's from New York, and he he was on like a really good UVA team with Ralph Sampson, and then he played for those 80s Celtics, like, you know, Danny Ainge, kind of like a hard ass, Larry Bird, one of the great trash talkers of his generation. Um, you know, these weren't soft dudes. 80s NBA had some hard ass dudes, Charles Oakley and Anthony Mason and Bill Lambeer and like... I'm not saying Carlisle is one of these dirty guys who delivers cheap shots, but Carlisle don't play. He's not going to put up with your shit. And, you know, when you got like a 60-year-old coach and this 21-year-old European guy's coming in trying to call the shots, yeah, there's going to be, it's difficult. We just saw Stan Van Gundy in New Orleans. Stan Van Gundy, old school, older guy, defensive-centric. Brandon Ingram didn't like him. Zion Williamson didn't like him. He gone. Like, you have to find that coach, Rob, who's going to thread the needle of you can be tough while also being, like, not hated. And I, I don't want to draw too large of a parallel here, but, you know, having kids. You know, Rob, you got a little kid not quite old enough to to realize when your dad's not cool. Um, <laughs> but I'm at the stage where, trust me, there are moments where you try to thread the needle in front of your friend's your kids' friends, while you're disciplining, but not to the point that you're kind of a major prick. But you're, you know, you're you're their friend, but also you're their father, and you're trying to teach them. And there is something to that with this new generation. Look, uh, Lloyd Pierce is he was even a young coach in Atlanta, black guy, 
supposed to get along great with all the Hawks. And then all of a sudden, what happened? I mean, Lloyd Pierce was hyping this Hawks team in the offseason. Oh, we're going to be awesome. We had those bonding. There's all these stories about how the Hawks came out here in L.A. and played together. And um, and all of a sudden, the season starts happening, and Lloyd Pierce and Trey Young butt heads. Who's going to win that battle? No coach is ever going to survive over a young star that was taken in the lottery, Rob. It's just not happening. And, I, I mean, I don't even know that it's a case study. Like, okay, Luke, they find a coach who's going to appease Luka, but they don't win a championship. That doesn't matter. You're still keeping Luka. Like, he's a foundational piece. You're never giving up on him. And I don't know. I mean, I, I to me, this one's easy, you know? You, you get a guy who's going to be able to hopefully thread the needle. And that if finding that is extremely difficult. Like, Steve Nash was an extremely curious hire, but he had a history with Kevin Durant and Golden State. He was one of the great point guards of the early 2000s. Kyrie Irving's a point guard. They trade for James Harden. Can you imagine what Steve Nash was going into a hornet's nest there? But he's got like this, this way about him that's chill, this demeanor that's very laid back. He's almost like too cool. I don't know if being Canadian matters here, but nothing seems to rattle him. You know, Nash is always under control. I don't think he had many like tough moments in the NBA where he's fighting people. I know obviously people get heated in the in the heat of battle, but I don't know, Rob. Do you have any outside the box names? And I'll give you one that I keep hearing is Chauncey Billups. And I know for a fact that there are people that would love. People that matter, influential people that would love Chauncey Billups in New Orleans. Problem is, he might get the Boston job offer, right? He played for the Celtics. I think he was there like the fourth overall pick of the Celtics. Um, and like we know the racial stuff in Boston, it would be pretty cool to have a black coach. Uh, Casey Jones obviously was an awesome coach for the Celtics in the 80s. Um, Billups has turned down multiple jobs and he's going to be in high demand. Is he going to want to? Is he going to be the guy that goes to Dallas to deal with Mark Cuban, gambling analytics guy, and Luka Doncic? I mean, do you know what kind of Bermuda Triangle that is, Rob? That that's not going to be easy. Can't be easy. I, I think it's almost easier to go to New Orleans because guess what? You can swing for the fences, and we both know that Zion's probably not long for New Orleans. So you uh, go crazy. Hope it works. If it doesn't, you know, Zion was probably going to leave anyway. We can agree on that, right? I don't know that Dallas is like a, a, a not a destination, you know? Dallas, Dirk Nowitzki stayed there. They won a championship. Um, Dallas is one of those Texas states where there's no income tax. Like, you can live a really nice life in Dallas, uh, in Dallas Texas. Uh, it's not quite the coastal um, L.A. or Florida where you're in the water, but... I, I don't think Luca's imminent to leave. I, I, I think New Orleans is, uh, is a job that if you really have the balls to try to try some radical outside-the-box stuff, and we'll get to this with Tom Haberstroh, I think New Orleans is a better um, Petri dish for that than Dallas, where it's basically, okay, Luca, you're the man, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I could see your line of thinking, and the one name I would think of as a— uh, replacement for Rick Carlisle in Dallas. This is no sourcing. This is just reading the tea leaves kind of thing. Would be Jason Kidd. Um, he took mm. his name out of the Portland Trailblazers contention. He is a big guard, and that's what Luka Doncic is. So if you're looking for someone to run that kind of 
guard-centric offense that's heavy on a particular set of skills, then maybe he might be the right guy. But um, just to put a bow on that whole discussion about Luca and, and the Cuban and the Bob, I'm not going to say his last name, triangle that they're walking into, my only concern would be the difference between what LeBron James has done in Miami and Cleveland and now in Los Angeles, what Kevin Durant and Kyrie and James Harden are doing in Brooklyn is that those guys were seasoned veterans by the time they wielded that kind of power. Luka has never won a playoff series. Luka does not know yet what it's like to win or how hard it is to win at that level, to keep crashing your head against the ceiling because you can't get through either because of lack of talent or lack of coaching or what have you. Luka is being, for lack of a better word, you know, told or he's telling them this doesn't work. I can tell you right now after only two, three seasons in the NBA, this is not going to work. I know the better way to do it. And but I don't know if, if, Wait, if he won't... has the the, the, the uh, skins on the wall yet to be flexing that kind of power. Okay, but what, what exactly is this doesn't work? Like all it is is they ran into a better Clippers team each of the last two years. That's the only problem here. I, I really think it's a colossal overreaction by the Mavs. I know they were up 2-0. You know, I know they were up 3-2. But they ran into a better team with better players. Luka was the best player on the Mavs by a mile. Was I mean, was Reggie Jackson and Morris better than the second best Mavs player? I, you could argue that looking at the stats. So I don't... I, I, I feel like... Uh, Carlisle might have made a bad decision, but he might have seen the writing on the wall. All right, real quick, Rob, I did just see the odds pop up for Game Seven: Bucks Nets. Oh damn it! Okay, Milwaukee favored by one and a half. Okay, is this one of these Vegas nose moments? Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are like, "Wait, Milwaukee's favored on the road I, I, again." I, before we just quickly preview the other two games to get to Tom Haberstroh. Um, just remember, if Kevin Durant does not go absolutely postal, this series is over. And can he do that again? Can Jeff Green hit seven of eight threes again? I mean, by the way, where was Jeff Green um, in game six? Oh, two of nine shooting, one of four from three. Yeah. So it took an otherworldly performance to win game five. I don't see it happening uh, in game seven. All right, quickly, Rob. Big game sixes tonight. Milwaukee, uh, sorry, Philadelphia at Atlanta. The Sixers are favored by three. You could argue what I just said about Milwaukee and Brooklyn. If you really look at that last game, Atlanta thoroughly outplayed for three quarters, depanced for three quarters before a historic comeback. Are the Sixers shook? Does Tobias Harris take off his warmups? Does Ben Simmons attempt a, sh- a shot in the fourth quarter? Rob. He hasn't attempted a shot in the fourth quarter of the last two games. There's no way the Sixers are that bad again. I know the Hawks are good at home, but I, 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 I kind of I'm leaning toward the Sixers. I want to see where that line goes. And then the other puzzling one: Utah at the Paperclips. The Paperclips. We know they've struggled at home in the playoffs. They are one point underdogs at home, but Donovan Mitchell. And Mike Conley are questionable. Rob, what do you got in your game sixes 
Philly at Atlanta, Jazz at Paperclips, and both home teams are dogs. I have Philadelphia. I think they've been the better team the entire series, and save for some meltdowns, which I think is unlikely that they'll melt down a third consecutive game. I just I think that the odds would be in my favor in that one. And I picked Utah to win the series. I don't <laughs> want to go back on it. Everything tells me I should go back on it, but I, I gotta I gotta stick with it. I gotta stick with the Utah getting this yeah. one and forcing the game seven. It's it's just so weird. Every time you want to trust the Clippers, they lose. And every time you feel okay, Clippers got it together, they got this. Here. You know what happens. Um I don't know, Rob. I, I'm I don't I want to take the Jazz, but I just I don't I didn't like what I saw in game five. Like that was the game. Right. And they they needed that game. I mean, they were on fire from three and they barely could lead the game. Um I guess if I had, had to lean, I would I, I would lean toward the 76ers and I'll make an official pick later today on social media. Um I think I, I oh gosh, I think I'm gonna take the Clippers. Um yeah, I don't. Oh, by the way, money, I mean, literally within the last five minutes, Bucks open at one and a half, already down to one. So Brooklyn money coming in. People want to back Kevin Durant. All right, without further ado, let's get to our guest, Tom Haberstroh. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. Let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy you know. If you are even follow the NBA marginally, you know him. He's been at NBC, ESPN for a decade. Bleacher Report, he's now at Dan Lebitard's new company. Uh, he's been there for about a month. Tom Haberstro. Tom, welcome to Straight Fire. How are you, man? Thank you. That is exactly how it felt in my stomach. Last uh, couple weeks ago, I ate a Carolina Reaper, the hottest pepper in the world, <laughs> on the Meadowlark uh, Lebetard shows freedom 24 hour show and I raise money for charity, but man, that Carolina Reaper felt like straight fire all the way. <laughs> I, I had done a ghost Reaper or, or ghost pepper, whatever it's called. And then I got it for my family and i just put a dab on a piece of chicken and my kids were like, never again, dad, never. Yeah, are you crazy? Um, uh, but I, I'm, I'm that kind of dad. Uh, you got, by the way, do you have kids, Tom? I have two. Um, oh, after, nice! After we record this, I'm taking my four year old to a swim class, um, and so I will be. I'll be hoping for straight fire out on the water as well today. Yes, of course. You got to get them in the water early. Uh, you know, we lucked out getting you this week. We've been trying to get Tom for a while. He's a big time NBA guy, and this is kind of one of the busiest weeks of the year, uh, as luck would have it. Um, I don't know. Would you rather start with the craziness in the playoffs or the off court drama, which the NBA fans cannot? Uh, eat up enough of uh, from Luka Doncic to Zion Williamson to Scotty Brooks, who I guess will count. Um, I don't, where do you want to start, Tom? What do you no, most I am a guest. With? This is your house. I am just a okay. guest here. So why don't you prepare the dinner and I will eat whatever you prepare and I, it'll probably be delicious. All right. So how about this? I've been beating this drum forever that Zion Williamson should not sign his rookie extension in New Orleans in a couple years. And lo and behold, Thursday morning comes a story from The Athletic that Zion's family members are not happy with things in New Orleans. We just saw Stan Van Gundy get the boot this week. Uh, I think you know him from being a Lebitard guy. You you guys are in that orbit often. Um, David Griffin, everybody loves to champion his trade for Anthony Davis. He got all the draft picks. You know, Tom, how much can he cuddle with the draft picks at night when Brandon Ingram's not happy with the coach they just fired? Zion's unhappy. What do you see unfolding this summer in New Orleans? Look, LeBron dealt with this too. Just about every number one pick in a bad organization because bad organizations get the top picks, right? 
they have a lot of growing pains in the first few years in the league. Kyrie Irving did the same thing in Cleveland with Byron Scott um, and that organization. When, when you look at this particular scenario, it's David Griffin did an amazing job in Cleveland in, and in Phoenix in his previous two stops before New Orleans. But now he's dealing with Zion Williamson, who came in with such an appeal, and it was almost a circus the Zion Williamson effect was huge. I mean, you remember that video, Jason, of yeah. when they got the number one pick and the sales department with the Pelicans yeah. went bonkers, right? They had a live cam when they won the lottery and which meant they got Zion. But we've learned that like Zion isn't as much of a home run as you'd say from a physical standpoint. The mechanics, the, the health and conditioning hasn't been strong and they're trying to get him to get in better shape. They're trying to get Zion Williamson to achieve that kind of durability that it takes to become a superstar in this league. And it's not just going to be one year. It's about getting everything right. And if you're taking cues from Zion Williamson's family, I'm not so sure <laughs> that's going to be a smart strategy for you to win. You can appease the family. You can, just like any other star player in today's league, you're going to have to call, pick up the phone when the father calls or when the mother calls or when the agent calls, right? That's part of the job. But it is not the part of the job to pacify Zion Williamson or the whims of his, his camp, so to speak, his family. That's not the job. The job is to make sure that you're making the best decisions for the future of your, your organization. And at 19 years old and 20 years old, maybe sometimes they don't know what's best for them. So I think of myself, Jason, when you were 19 or 20 years old, I don't think I knew exactly what was best for me or my future or my career or to get the max out of me. And I can imagine that David Griffin is dealing with a lot of criticisms from every corner. But my, my point with this is he made a decision to keep Alvin Gentry and then fire Alvin Gentry, hire Stan Van Gundy, and then they cut ties a year later. For me, it looks like spinning in the wheels a little bit where – David Griffin has this amazing opportunity to build around Zion Williamson, and he's just not sure how to do it. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who they hire or bring into this uh, because Zion Williamson's production is undeniably amazing. Yeah. But it's the other stuff, getting him to eat right, getting him conditioned, getting him uh, to play defense. These are things that he has not been willing or able to do up to this point. And until he does that, then I'm not going to care what his camp says. So, Tom, yeah, I would agree with almost all that. The only thing that's amplified now that LeBron didn't have to deal with was, A, social media was not really a thing when LeBron was in his first two years and he missed the playoffs. Uh, B, a podcast. I mean, I do a podcast. You do one. There's a million NBA podcasts. You know, between social media, podcasts, and then the TV aspect. You know, we've got multiple TV networks talking about LeBron every single day. Do you think there is way more pressure now on Zion to make a decision on whether he wants to poop or get off the pot uh, now as opposed to when LeBron was a young guy back in, you know, 2006, seven. You know, it, it was like things are just different and almost more difficult. And I should add, um, J.J. Redick had a weird ending there in New Orleans. He uh, is a CAA guy. I'm a CAA guy. Zion Williamson, a CAA guy. And, you know, J.J. had some issues with David Griffin. I don't know. It just all adds up to a bit of a cluster. I feel like, you know, David Griffin has to go like six for six in in this offseason with draft picks, free agents. Um, the pressure really seems to be on, right? Yeah, and he's delivered before. So can he do it again? I don't know. But um, look, 
Be careful what you wish for, Zion, because the 30th, <laughs> the 30th biggest market among 30 NBA teams in the NBA is, is New Orleans. Like New Orleans is a tiny market compared to the rest of the NBA. So if you're going to try to pry your way out of New Orleans and get to a bigger city, good luck. Like if he wants to make a trade demand or get somewhere else with brighter lights and become a bigger star than he is in New Orleans, good luck because they they handle their star the NBA team. Maybe it's different for the Saints, but like it's not a Pelicans town. Like it is not a big marquee city. And so if he thinks that like uh, a bigger stage or a different scenario is going to solve everything, I actually think his personality, Zion. If you've ever met him before. He's he's kind of uh, not sheltered, but he likes to he likes to stay out of the spotlight. And if mm. he pro- makes a trade demand, it reminds me of when I was covering in 2011. In 2011, I was covering the Miami Heat in Miami. LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, all of the expectations all over them. I remember a conversation I heard about with Eric Spolstra and LeBron, where it was like. Eric Spolster was hearing it from the media. There were reports that LeBron wanted a new coach. Mm. And Eric Spolstra had told LeBron in a meeting and said, like, look, man, if you fire me tomorrow, it's all going to be on you. It's all going to be on me, on you. The media can come after me. I can be your shield. But as soon as you appear to be firing the coach or firing the GM, then now it's going to be all on you from here on out. I can be your scapegoat. Like I can take the heat from the media and and first take and whatever it is if we don't succeed. But if you are going to fire me or if you're going to fire Pat or whatever, you don't like the moves that we're doing, then it's going to be on you. The same way with Zion is, look, if he's not happy with the coach or the GM or if he wants to get out of this situation, he better make sure that he can handle that pressure after that because it's going to come. And in New Orleans, there is not much pressure from the local media compared to the rest of the NBA and certainly not from the national media. I don't think it's even comparable Zion Williamson, the national coverage that he gets in new Orleans right now to what LeBron was dealing with in those first two years. I think it's night and day. That's an interesting convo that Spolstra would use because I mean, listen, Tom, you've covered the NBA forever. You know, this is a star league, you know, uh, Spolstra can say, Hey, I'll sit on the grenade. I'll take the heat. But like, Nobody's going after Spolstra, you know? Like, nobody went after uh, Lloyd Pierce in Atlanta. It's like, hey, man, is Trey Young that good? Oh, they fire the coach. Trey Young all of a sudden is incredible. You know, this Luka Doncic situation unfolding uh, in Dallas, you know, where where there's, you know, the analytics guy, Harlebob. Uh, you got the front office people unhappy. And it Donnie Nelson all of a sudden out. And now Zion's like, well, that sucks. I was a fan of him. You know, Rick Carlisle, try, uh, you know, what's going to happen with him? I I, it just is a tough sell for me. These stars right now are under so much pressure, Tom. It almost feels a little bit unfair. And I, I guess my last angle of Zion for you is, should we expect them to uh, like make the playoffs next year? I had them in the playoffs this past year. I know a lot of the numbers thought that they should be there. Um, do you think that that's a reasonable expectation, especially when you see John Morant carrying the Grizzlies uh, into the playoffs? They have a better roster, obviously, but um, you know Pelicans—they sh- better be in the playoffs next year, right? Yeah, they they absolutely under underachieved this season, and Stan Van Gundy, being the defensive maestro that he <clears throat> that he usually is, was not able to do that or reach the players this year to put together any sort of top five, top ten defense. Far far from it. I mean, it was one of the worst defensive teams in the league. So obviously, the buy-in wasn't there. They were not listening to whatever he was trying to teach. And they didn't have any practices, but guess what? Neither did Tom Thibodeau when he had a top four defense with that type of roster. That's crazy. And that they're from the same Van Gundy tree. Like Stan Van Gundy and Tom Thibodeau 
same, roughly the same age, same background with Jet Van Gunny being assistants mm-hmm. there. Um, and yet Tom Thibodeau was able to reach New York players, RJ Barrett and Mitch Robinson and Nerlens Noel and Emmanuel quickly. But the same messages from Van Gundy were not reaching them in New Orleans. I think it's premature to say whether they deserve, they're going to be in the playoffs or not. We don't know what they're going to do this offseason. We don't know who the head coach is. Um, but I'll tell you this. Anytime you have Zion Williamson on your team where he's shooting just about 70% from the floor <laughs> on 26 points per game, yeah. you're going to have a shot at being uh, in the playoffs. But he needs to dedicate himself to getting in shape and dedicating himself to the defensive end because we saw that at Duke. We saw his defensive potential there at Duke, but we haven't seen that in the NBA. And maybe that's just, he's a young player figuring it out. But uh, I I expect more from Zion Williamson on that end of the floor. Uh, I want to spin it to Hawks Sixers. Tom, somebody sent me a text with the complete list of postseason screw-ups, should I say, for Doc Rivers. And it is ugly, okay? Dating back to his time in Orlando and then in Boston. And I know he has a title, thanks to Danny Ainge. I think we could argue, you know, delivering KG and uh, Ray <laughs> Allen. But, I, I mean, listen, Sam Van Gundy got fired after nine months. Doc Rivers now down 3-2, has to go to Atlanta for game six. Can Doc Rivers survive this after that game five collapse at home? And where's Ben Simmons getting traded to in the offseason? Uh, all right, well, first <laughs> things first, Jason. Doc Rivers wasn't Daryl Morey's hire. It was a weird sequence of events this past offseason where Doc Rivers was hired as the head coach and then they brought in GM Daryl Morey, mm. one of the top GMs in the in the NBA from Houston. And so that was not Daryl Morey's pick. Now they made nice and Daryl Morey said all the right things about Doc being such a seasoned NBA coach, a, cha- a champion and you know Lob City and all that. Like he said all the right things, but let's make no mistake about it. Daryl Morey did not pick Doc Rivers. It was very much this is the, 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 the hand of cards that I've been dealt. So I do think that that is interesting is if Daryl Morey is not pleased with Doc Rivers' performance, he has a lot more, um, I think, autonomy or bullets to burn mm. here because this wasn't his hand-picked choice to be the coach. Doc Rivers, um, I was sitting on my couch last night watching the game, Jason, and I was just trying to remember the last time Ben Simmons scored in the game at, from the field goal, from the, from, you know, the floor. And so I pulled up the official NBA box score and I scrolled down to just the second half. I just wanted to see how many baskets that Ben Simmons made in the second half. And it was zero. And I was like, wow, Ben Simmons, all-star uh, at home had the opportunity to win this game and go up 3-2 and was being hack-a-shacked to go to the free throw line, (laughs) but still not able to score. That's amazing. And then I saw Tobias Harris didn't score either. And Dwight Howard didn't score either. And she, oh, oh my God. (laughs) No sixer outside of Joel Embiid and Seth Curry scored in the second half period. So I tweeted that out and I was like, I can't believe this. Like, I don't think I've ever seen that in an NBA game, that two players on the floor score a field goal the entire second half. And sure enough, there was a stat from uh, Stats Inc. said that that's the first time that's happened in the last 15 postseasons. I don't know whether that was because there's someone in that 16th postseason 16 years ago that did it, or they just didn't have the data. Yeah, the tracking, right. 
because I've never, I've never seen that before. And I do think that a lot of that falls on doc rivers is imbuing the, the confidence in Ben Simmons to attack the basket, forget about the fouls just to attack the basket. We'll live with the results or you take him out and you don't have his confidence wrecked. And in that situation, I think Ben Simmons is confidence is wrecked at the free throw line. Um, He's, you know, we want to handle with kid gloves here with the whole three point shooting and Doc Rivers backing him all season long about, hey, he's amazing at everything else. I don't need him to shoot threes. We got Seth Curry. We got Tobias Harris. Don't worry. We don't need this guy to shoot threes. But at some point, man, he's got to get over this hump. Ben Simmons has to, has to work on this mental side of the game, which is clearly like Dwight Howard in practice is like a 90% free throw shooter. When he goes into games, it all falls apart. Same thing yeah. with Ben Simmons shooting jumpers before the game. He seems completely comfortable to shoot threes um, before the game in warmups or shoot at the free throw line. But there's got to be something. And if you're going to say Ubuntu, Doc Rivers has a way to reach superstars like he did in Boston, well, here, here's the test. Can you get Ben Simmons to maximize his potential? And if that's not on the coach, what is it like to maximize yeah. your superstars? That's his job. And so I would not be surprised if if they get um, kicked out of this, this series against the Atlanta Hawks. I would not be surprised if Daryl Morey, the GM decides to go in a different direction and find his own coach mm. um, in, in, in Philadelphia. Well, uh, Morey also rumored to have tried to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden, or that may or may not have been on the table. I don't know if Houston was saying we're not dealing with Morey, but apparently Morey was into trading uh, ben Simmons. Now, let me ask. We we had a guy named John Gonzalez here on the podcast, and we did fake yeah. Ben Simmons trades. Um, you know, I think I put forth um, the Celtics and Washington just to, you know, toss out crazy ideas. I started looking at every team, and I the team that is interesting to me, and maybe just me, and call me an idiot. I don't. It's not. Won't be the first time. What about Portland? Damian Lillard wanting out. Um, apparently, you know, he wants to handpick his coach, but if you want to press reset and you want to start over in Portland and just, I mean, is Ben Simmons an option? Like this is a really talented player, all the defensive guy. Um, I think he got all NBA votes. He may have been all NBA in his career already once. Um, where, where do you send Ben Simmons? Like his stock is at an all time low. So you're selling at the worst time, but you, you, I mean, you pair Damian Lillard with Joel Embiid. That's crazy. Obviously, the Sixers uh, would need to give up more than just Ben Simmons. But where do you see Daryl Morey looking this offseason to unload Simmons? Give me, give me a sexy team. Well, I, I don't, I don't know if we're there yet. I mean, we're, they're down three-two hmm. in this series. I don't think if they go to the NBA Finals, if they rally back and go to the NBA Finals, I don't think they're going to make any sort of sort of wholesale right. changes. But let's just say, for the sake of argument that they lose against the Atlanta Hawks in this first year of the Daryl Morey era, what does he do? Ben Simmons, despite being selling low at this point, there's still teams always yeah. in small markets like Charlotte, uh, New Orleans you can throw in there, um, uh, Memphis, that will take a chance at Ben Simmons because guess what? You're not signing Ben Simmons as a free agent. And so this right. is the opportunity to get a superstar potential player and be able to deliver and be like, Hey man, we're not going to sign Ben Simmons and free agent. Let's try to get a trade. So the other side of that coin is what is Portland going to offer? That's going to get Ben Simmons. Is Daryl Morey interested in CJ McCollum next to, um, next to Joel Embiid, an elite three point shooter. I think he would be, but is that going to be enough? 
Um, Zach Collins, a young player, maybe, maybe that works with Portland, but he's always been hurt. So the question is, what is this team? It's not enough to say, oh, Portland could use Ben Simmons. I hate that in the NBA where it's just like, hey, trade him to New York. Well, what was New York going to pay? <laughs> like, what is New York going to have? Like, yeah. hey, how, how is New York going to get the next superstar? Well, you have to have assets that other people are interested in. Daryl Morey, he's as um, happy with the, with the trade machine as anybody in NBA history. He loves making trades. The team that interests me, and I don't know if they're going to have the young assets to pull it off, but I always thought a Bradley Beal-Ben Simmons swap Mm. made a lot of sense before, um, but I don't know if Washington does that without Bradley Beal saying, I'm out. Like If Bradley Beal says, I'm out, I want out, uh, this isn't working out, then I could see a Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal swap because Bradley Beal is the next coming of James Harden, in my opinion. Ooh. He is an amazing whoa, whoa, player. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Tom, you can't just drop that. The next coming of Harden? If you look at their free throw rates and wow. their free – and the, the dude scored average 30 points a game. He I mean, did, how much did. of a leap is that, okay? So Bradley Beal um, has the ability to get to the free throw line and play like um, – play like a magician trying to get you off balance and he get takes advantage of that and gets to the rack. He's an elite, elite scorer. Um, the difference between James Harden and Bradley Beal is the passing. He's not as good of a passer yeah. as James Harden, but in terms of efficiency and ability to get to the line and do that at a high level, there's only a few players who do it as good as Bradley Beal and James Harden. So I could see Daryl Morey uh, calling up Tommy Shepard there in Washington and saying, look, if Bradley Beal's not thrilled – I've got a, a superstar in the making for you. If you want to rebuild the whole John Wall, Bradley Beal reset, here he is, Ben Simmons. I think that would be a great move for both sides, but it's going to take Bradley Beal getting on the phone mm-hmm. with the organization and saying, I want out. The other team that, that that on my radar with Ben Simmons is the Celtics, like you mentioned, but it's going to take Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to get it done. Oh. They, don't have, yeah. they don't have a piece that is going to warrant that type of caliber player in Ben Simmons. Because remember, he was the youngest all-star, uh, if, if not ever, but he was one of the youngest all-stars we've ever seen in the NBA. So there's still a lot mm-hmm. of cachet for him. I, I like that. Um, I, the only issue with Washington, you know, they just let go of Scotty Brooks, who was Westbrook's guy. Um, and uh, you can't have Westbrook and Simmons on the floor at the same time. Westbrook's deal seems unmovable. Um, how about this one? What about the Golden State Warriors? They love to take chances. Do you package that Minnesota pick, Kelly Oubre, and I don't know what else? Um, probably not James, enough for Ben Simmons. James Wiseman doesn't work with uh, James with Wiseman Joe doesn't work. Yeah, you need to find like a third team to take Wiseman. But Ben Simmons and Draymond are two of, in my opinion, the best defenders in the league. You surround them with shooting. Maybe you've got something. But again, it, it's tough for Simmons. Uh, this is a really difficult decision. Uh, first, like you said, maybe they turn it around and win the series. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin 
Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Let's quickly go uh, to the other series of the Kawhi-less Clippers somehow beat Utah. And I got to say, I've been down on the Clippers, Tom, the entire postseason we don't know if Kawhi's out for the entire playoffs, but he's definitely out for this series, according to many people, uh, insiders. Um, do you think the Clippers win this series and finally get to the conference finals without Kawhi Leonard? Well, Jason, the other team is missing Mike Conley, and yes. Donovan Mitchell is basically playing on one leg. Like he, he can't burst jump off of that ankle. So when we talk about whether the Clippers are going to make it without Kawhi Leonard, well, hold up. They're missing basically two all-stars over there. So yeah. it's fascinating. This is the conversation we have like every day in the league is like, man, can this team win without that superstar or that star player? And it's like, well, everyone else is battered and beat up too. So when we talk about um, when we talk about KD and the Nets, 
when we're like, are they going to be able to beat the Milwaukee Bucks without James Harden and, and Kyrie Irving? I always said, yes. You know why? Because they still got KD. <laughs> they still got Paul George in, in LA, right? And, and with the Utah Jazz being down, uh, Mike Conley, that puts everyone else on, on edge because when you lose your starting point guard like that, then Joe Ingles moves off the bench and goes into the starting lineup. So it's not necessarily whether Joe Ingles can fill the shoes. Who's going to fill the shoes for Joe Ingles, who is, yeah. in my opinion, a better six-man-of-the-year uh, pick than, than his teammate Jordan Clarkson? So now everyone – that team is paper-thin right now. The Utah Jazz is paper-thin. So we want to talk about Kawhi Leonard and the loss that they're having over there. We don't spend enough time talking about the Utah Jazz missing Mike Conley and not having Donovan Mitchell be at 100% or anywhere near it. So – as long as Mike Conley's not playing and as long as Donovan Mitchell's ankle. And remember, we haven't seen these like amazing dunks that we saw last year and throughout the season with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. He just doesn't have that burst, right? So with Paul George scoring at least 20 points in every single playoff game and 30 or more in his last three, he's delivering. And he's delivering on a level that I don't think a lot of people had confidence in him doing. But again, in today's NBA, where Anthony Davis is missing – Joel Embiid is grabbing his knee every other play down the floor. Yeah. Um, we have nine, counting Chris Paul, who's in COVID protocols, nine All-Stars who have missed at least one playoff game this postseason, the most in NBA history. Just because you lose one star doesn't mean you're out. Everyone else is beat up and battered right now. So even Chris Paul. Chris Paul like had the shoulder issue, and still they were able to, to move on. And we'll see if that barks back up again here in the next round because everybody's hurting. But more so than ever, I think Kawhi Leonard being out isn't the death sentence that it might have seemed originally because yeah. the Utah Jazz are dealing with that too. All right, so Tom, we'll wrap up on this. I'm curious. Like, I like to spin things forward and try to see what's next. I know projecting the future is very impossible, uh, and we all fail miserably at it. That being said, you know, LeBron is 36 now. He turns 37, I believe, in December. He's clearly at the end. You know, we love to have this, this who's this next face of the NBA discussion. And there was talk about Giannis, but his postseason failures probably have stifled that. Zion's not there yet. I don't know if it can be Luka Doncic. I'm curious, who do you think takes us into the next, into the, you know, deep into the 20s as the face of the NBA? Or do they not really need one? Because after Jordan, there was a lot of discussion. Is it Iverson? Is it Shaq? Is it Kobe? And there was like a window where the NBA was kind of hurting, you know, for, for a star after Jordan and Jordan had to come back to bolster ratings. Who, who do you have as, as really the next face of the NBA? It's Luka. 100 times Luka. Mm. Luka, he still has baby fat on him. Like he doesn't even, he, I don't know whether it's a diet thing or whether it's just, he's young, but the, the numbers that he puts up and the fact that he hasn't had a, a, a qualified co-pilot, like, you know, it was a crazy stat earlier is uh, this postseason Rudy Gobert had a higher usage rate than Chris Stapps Porzingis, meaning he had more role of an offensive role Jeez. than Chris Stapps Porzingis. So think about, what Luka Doncic, his supporting cast this year and last year, and what he's been able to do from an individual standpoint and leading that team to the playoffs at such a young age. Like, that's crazy what he did against the Clippers last year and dealing with Chris Haps on, you know, a, a shell of himself. Um, the individual, the youth, the fact that he hasn't really gotten in shape yet, there hasn't been, you know, huge injury concerns like you have with, with Zion. I think he's the future of this league. And also he plays a brand of basketball oh, yes. that kids love. 
He is the future when it's step backs from 35 feet, from 30 feet, um, off balance, just crazy handle, crazy passes. I think he is the future of the league. And I think that he plays with such a, a joy and a smile and he, and he and Boban and like, it's really fun to watch that guy play. It's just going to take the right pieces around him. And for, for all the questions about Giannis and Zion, I have much fewer questions about Luka Doncic as a, a superstar in this league. I think he is legit going to be the face of this league for the next decade. Yeah, I, I totally am with you. I've been touting Luka. The problem is when you say that out loud, everybody says the guy hasn't won a playoff series. And of He's course, gotten the to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. never is, got well, to the playoffs at this age. This is, this is good, but the like, counter like, is he lost to the Clippers in the first round twice. And I'm like, people just don't really understand that, oh, Kawhi may be the best two-way player in the league. You know, and Luka doesn't play any defense. These are the holes they try to poke in Luka. I, I don't, it could be a cultural thing where people are not keen on, you know, a, a European dude being the face of the NBA. Um, I don't know. Are you getting pushback on Luka or are you mo- people mostly no, agreeing with I mean, you? the people I talk to in the league, they very much see Luka Doncic as, as, as qualified as anybody to take the throne, right? Yeah. The, the questions about Luka are if if he is um, going to give it to you defensively, um, but we never really asked that very much of like Stephen Curry um, yeah. or Damian Lillard. Like we're never looking at Damian Lillard being like, great leader, great superstar, but when are you going to bring it defensively? Yeah. Like we're putting Luka Doncic on a pedestal that I don't even think we put on the rest of the stars. Like KD and LeBron, like they are in a class of their own. But in terms of taking that next step, and being the face of the uh, face of the league, I cannot tell you how much it aggravates me when we pin the first round losses on Luca, as if we've seen anyone average 30, 10, and ten <laughs> as a nineteen year old in the playoffs and bringing two team bringing two teams in the first two years of his of his career in the playoffs. That oh, almost never happens in the league. Almost yeah. never happens in the league. So instead of tearing you down for losing in the first round, why don't we build you up and say? We never see 19 teenagers carry their team to the playoffs. Whatever they do after that, I don't care. That's an incredible achievement by Luca. But this is the this is the world we live in, where we have to t- we build you up just to tear you down. Just to tear. I know. I hate that. Uh, all right, he is Tom Haberstroh. Great stuff. Hey, you don't want to agree with me on Luca. Listen to this guy. He has all the numbers, and I, and I'm telling you, Luca's a guy. You could find him at Meadowlark Media, uh, Dan Lebetard Show, the Haber Show Podcast. Uh, Tom, hey, thanks a lot, man, and uh, congrats on all your success. Thank you, Jason, for having me, and I uh, appreciate you for for bringing me on. And it's been a crazy week, but uh, but hopefully you were able to get to the things you wanted today. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, man. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 
The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 